Church of Our Lord stands in stark contrast to the denominations of our day. In this, the 30th edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to discuss some of the marks that distinguish the New Testament church. The Church of Jesus Christ was established almost 2,000 years ago. The occasion of its establishment was the first Pentecost following the resurrection of our Lord in the city of Jerusalem. As promised by the Lord, the Holy Spirit came, and Peter and the others began to preach the complete gospel of our Lord for the first time. Penitent believers were baptized, and Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 states, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. To them. The word them in that text has reference to the Lord's disciples, the church. Notice also verse 47, the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Now as we continue reading in the book of Acts, we become aware of the spread of the church in the first century. In Acts chapter 8 verse 1, for example, we read of a great persecution which led to the scattering of the Christians from Jerusalem. I quote, At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. End quote. Philip went down to Samaria and converted many in that city, as recorded in verses 5 through 25 of Acts 8. He continued his spread of the gospel, as recorded in Acts 40. Again, quote, But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Paul and Barnabas, as well as the other disciples, all contributed to the spread of the gospel throughout the ancient world. Wherever the gospel was preached, individuals were converted to Christ, and then congregations of the Lord's church were established. Many of the epistles we have in the New Testament were written to churches located in these geographical areas, and there were no denominations. These congregations were all local collectivities of the one church established by the Lord. You remember he promised that establishment in Matthew 16 and verse 18 when he said, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now this gives us an understanding of how congregations of the one church can be established today without establishing a new denomination. Very simply, if the gospel is preached and men and women become Christians because of it, if these men and women band together to do the work of the Lord, if they conform themselves to the Holy Spirit's instructions concerning doctrine, work, worship, and organization, then they constitute a congregation of the Lord. You see, denominationalism reared its ugly head because of the creeds of men, men who departed from the faith, for example, established the Catholic Church. And then other men sought to reform that apostate church, and they ended up establishing Protestant denominations. All of them have their origin in creeds of men and a departure from the truth. And so today, Christians can be a part of the Lord's church, and in doing so, remain free from any denomination, but the key is found in conforming to truth. As Roy Cogdell wrote in his class book, The New Testament Church, on page 76, I quote, In order to maintain its identity with the church established by Christ, controlled by his authority, described in the New Testament, the church today must be scriptural in its teaching. End quote. 
The church today must of necessity relegate its teaching and practice to the revelation of Christ through the apostles. Now this is exactly what John requires as stated in 2 John verses 9 through 11. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. End quote. The teaching of Christ and the apostles is all that we need to be pleasing to God. Notice what Paul said about that revelation in Romans 1 verse 17. He writes, For in it, having reference to the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Or as Peter stated in 2 Peter 1 3, quote, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. End quote. In contrast to the truth revealed in the Word of God, we find the innovations and creeds of men. Now notice the following objections to human creeds as listed again by Brother Roy Cogdell from the same work referred to before. Number one, they're made by men, and therefore they're unreliable. Number two, they do not meet humanity's need, and therefore they're insufficient. Number three, they must continually be revised, therefore they are imperfect. Number four, no authority is behind them, and therefore they're unenforceable. Number five, they disagree and conflict with each other, and therefore they cannot all be true. And then finally, number six, they conflict with the Word of God, and therefore they are all wrong. Now you contrast these with the all-sufficiency of the Scriptures. The purity of the Lord's Church is dependent upon purity of teaching. If we want to be recognized by the Lord as worthy in the Judgment Day, we must work, worship, and teach in conformity to Scripture. Brethren, think on these things. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the Westside Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.